What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Speak On It podcast with K Sam. Man, it feels good to be back uh, in the studio. I know I've been gone for uh, about a month. A month. Uh, man, I had a big life-changing event that took place. Um, for for people who who don't know, um, became I became a senior at the end of January. So we uh, brought into the world a beautiful baby boy. Kendall Kendall Jr. Uh, was born on January 26th uh, at a whopping 6 pounds, 13 ounces, and 20 inches. So, man, life has been hectic. Uh, life definitely took a turn. Uh, tell you what, when folks say that uh, that you won't be able to get much sleep, man, uh, they that's one that's one thing that they got right for sure. The, the sleep has went out the window for, for me and my wife. Uh, but mama and, and babies are both doing healthy, uh, doing good. So that's what's been going on with me. So, uh, man, just, just crazy, 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 crazy. But it's a blessing and all, and, and I'm excited uh, to to join the fatherhood and, and raise, uh, especially a, a little boy. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. But uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Speak On It podcast. Here on the Speak On It podcast, we have a motto, and the motto is, we're not trying to change the entire world, but reach the heart of one person at a time. I just want to start off by saying um, thank you to all my supporters and my, my listeners. Uh, I had a couple people hit me up and was wondering, man, like, you just quit the podcast or something? You know, didn't get an episode all February uh, from you. That's not like you. What's going on? What's going on? But that's what happened, man. Uh, daddy duties to daddy duties came came into into play so i just took a little break i took the month off uh of february just try to refocus and 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 um get some more content going and and stuff like that i know on the last episode uh on the what made me walk away i, I said this will be a, a two-part or three-part series uh, and that's still in the works. Uh, my other two guests, uh, we've just been having scheduled conflicts, trying to get those things scheduled. But uh, I still have those in the works, and we'll definitely get those last two uh, part to that three part series uh, recorded and get it out to all my listeners, so uh, so we can share these unique stories. Um, but man, so besides that, man, so much going on in the world today. Um, and it's, it's it's heartbreaking to see what's going on in in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine and Russia. I'm sure all people know by now whether you watch the news or not. Just watch, just seeing it on social media, um, the the tragic the tragic things that's going on in, in Ukraine. And uh, what was this the other day? I was in church, and our pastor was talking about um. The, the issues going on in Ukraine, I say issues, but the war that's going on in U- Ukraine. And while I was sitting there listening, you know, saying my prayers and, and my thoughts uh, for those those people, I, I, I can't. I, it hit me of how selfish we could be as Americans, how selfish we could be as Americans. And what I mean by that is while all on my social media, uh, me, you know, me and my friends talked about it. Uh, but all you see on social media from us Americans is complaining about gas prices, how high gas prices are from what we uh, from what we are accustomed to to paying for for gas. Rightfully so. You know, uh, some areas like my boy just uh, went to L.A. 
he sent us pictures. Gas in LA is is you know five five dollars, and I'm sure it's higher in, in, in other places. Uh, here in Texas, uh, we write at four dollars. Uh, Louisiana, I seen you know right about four fifty or so, a little bit over four. But all in all, uh, in 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 most cases, that's all we have to that's all we have to complain about is gas prices. Meanwhile, people in UK are getting uh, missiles and and airstrikes and stuff uh, literally dropped on top of them. Uh, buildings blowing up, you know. Uh, their homes blowing up, streets getting destroyed, you know, communities getting destroyed. Um, and these people have to worry about their life, you know, family separated. Uh, fathers had to stay back and allow their, their wives and, and children to, to go and get separated. Uh, but yet all we have to do, all we have right now to complain about is gas prices. And I just think, you know, and I'm guilty of it also, but I just think it's so selfish of us as Americans to, um, to, to, to do that. Um, I, I was watching the news the other night. Uh, I don't watch the news often, but every once in a while I like to, to watch the news, just kind of see what's happening on, on that side of the, uh, the world. And I told my wife, I was like, could you imagine what it would be like if you had to worry about, uh, hoping that an airstrike wouldn't like hit our, hit our building or hit our home or, you know, hit, hit your workplace or whatever the case is. I was like, I couldn't imagine, uh, people who decide to stay and, and, you know, and fight it out, uh, whether it's, you know, men or women or, or children, the, the fear, you know, like, how can you, how can you rest? Um, but you know, that's not to get all churchy, but you know, that's when you put all your, your trust and your faith in, in God. Um, but, Man, just watching it on CNN, um, the the last time I watched it, they said 42 children died so far. Um, they showed graphic images of um, this lady that was pregnant. Uh, one image they showed she was pregnant and the building that she was in, I think it was a, like a hospital or something like that, that got uh, hit with an airstrike. And then uh, they showed another image that, that showed that uh, she did, in fact, have have her kid, and now they was worried about uh, being able to keep the kid uh, alive, you know, because of uh, the supplies and medicines and stuff like that that the kid may need. Um, I saw another video. Uh, there was a guy on Instagram Live, and as he, <laughs> it's not funny, but as he's recording his Instagram Live and kind of uh, giving the update, an airstrike hit his building. Uh, it didn't kill him. But, uh, you know, you definitely can hear that thing coming. And uh, there's a couple other videos I've seen where people was in, like, a parking lot and uh, the airstrikes hit, hit you know, things in the parking lot, hit a, a playground uh, in an apartment complex building. Luckily, you know, no kids were out there in the playground, but but nonetheless, it hit a, it hit a playground. So, man, I, all I want to say is prayers to go out to the uh, to the people of Ukraine, you know, Russia also, uh, and everybody else who may be affected, um, what was going on in Ukraine. So I don't know. I just, I just felt that I needed to touch base on that. Um, that was something that was, that was on my heart heavy. So anyway, let's dive into this episode. Um, so I came across a question, um, after seeing how many ambushes has been happening against police officers uh, within the first three months of 2022. 
And, you know, like we always have conversations on how can the community or how can a community trust uh, law enforcement again? If trust, you know, if you want to, some people say trust was never lost. Some people uh, did lose trust and faith in, in their uh, in law enforcement as a whole. Um, but, you know, the question is, how can we get uh, the community? How can us as officers get the community to trust us? Um, but I want to flip that question and ask, um, how can officers trust the community? How can us as police officers trust the community? And what I and I'm gonna give some examples uh, of. Well, I say examples, but I'm gonna read y'all. Uh, let me see. We got one, two, about five, five different uh, incidences where police officers were ambushed uh, during their job. And and in some of these ambushes, you would you would uh, hear how they were lured in to the to the ambush, uh, and then some of the ambushes, um, it just like just out of nowhere. Uh, and of course, an ambush is the element of doing it by the element of surprise. But what I mean by this is they were responding to calls of service, and that's of course usually how ambushes happen. But still, uh, you know, people always wonder. Why cops act act like the uh act like they do? You know why cops always on edge? Uh, why cops handle people uh this you know certain certain ways? Uh, you know, it's always one or one to figure out why cops do what we do. Um, but nobody never challenges or or think about why <laughs> why people do what they do towards law enforcement. You know, like we we out here willing, um to put our life on the line for complete strangers, no matter how you feel about us at the end of the day. And, um, we, you know, officers getting he- getting dealt the, the, the short end of, of the stick. So that's my question is how can officers trust the community? Um, so the, the first, the first incident that I want to talk about happened in Chicago. Um, and I actually have an audio, uh, from this incident. And I'm going to play that audio uh, after I read, after I read the story about what happened. So let me see, let me let me find this story. Uh, no, that was Phoenix. I have the audio for, so I, I apologize. It's Phoenix. I'm I'm gonna have well, one of the Phoenix uh, incidences because they had another incident that happened uh, on March 13th. Uh, let me see. So in Chicago. And this is this is another question of of what, how can officers trust trust the community. So three thirty in the morning in Chicago, uh, at the original Maxwell Street hot dog stand, um, they had two officers stopping to get some to eat. One officer was waiting in line uh, to get food, and his partner was sitting in the car. Well, they had a guy waiting in line in front of the officer, and. As he went to reach into his pants pocket to pay for his food, a gun fell out his waistband. Uh, clearly, the officer in front of him noticed the gun falling out, but before he could take action, the officer, gra- uh, the offender, the suspect, grabbed the gun and picked it up and began immediately shooting the officers. I think one was shot in the leg and the other one was grazed in the head. Uh, both of them survived, uh, survived their wounds. Um, but of course, the guy fled on foot uh, and was captured. Uh, was captured immediately um, after after a foot chase. 
I think by another cover officer and some uniform officers. Um, but of course, they didn't have body cam videos because they didn't have time to activate the camera. So, could you like put yourself in these officers' shoes, where you have one officer waiting in line, you know, um, to get to get something to eat, and you have your partner sitting in the car, and then all of a sudden, bam, a gun falls out, and I'm sure, you know, obviously the 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 gunman. Uh, had had quicker reactions and and um, was quicker on his feet than an officer, but could you imagine like the shock you were probably being like, wait, what? You know, before your brain would process like, wait, this dude just dropped the gun, you know. Uh, and there's so much to process, you know. Like I'm sure the officer didn't didn't really think that the guy was gonna shoot him with the gun, you know. Um, was this guy concealed carry? Uh, you know, uh, concealed license to carry uh, citizen. Was he carrying the gun illegally? Like, I'm sure so many things you have to quickly process. Or what do you do? You just tackle the guy and, you know, detain him because he dropped the gun and then ask questions later. So, so much could go into play. But overall, uh, my point of it is that these officers were just trying to get some neat and then yet they both end up uh, getting shot. And, you know, in training and in the academy, they always talk about, you know, watching your six, being vigilant and, and stuff like that. But no matter how vigilant we are, um, at some point in time, you let your guard down. I'm I'm guilty of it. Uh, you know, you get complacent and you let your guard down, um, no matter how hard you try um, to, you know, to constantly be vigilant and, and watch your six. So uh, from this ABC News article, I found it interesting that said that uh, just in 2020, that 80 officers, uh, 80 officers were shot at, um, and then in last year, so in 2021, that 76 officers shot, 14 officers were struck by gunfire, um, and then that also came with uh, Officer Ella French, who was killed um, when she was shot and killed uh, during the traffic stop, and then it also said that officers um, being shot, another this from another article, but it says that. So far, in the first three months of 2022, um, the percentage of officers shot at this time this year uh, versus this same time last year is up 76%. 76%, man. And like I said, every time I am every time I look on the news, um, I'm seeing something about uh, another officer or another officer or officers getting ambushed, ambushed, ambushed. And it's, it's like, man, what can we do? to uh to stop getting ambushed man but you know who is it who is it to blame and that that's the no matter who who you try to blame um you know it, it always comes back to the to the police fault it always comes back to the police fault so man moving on uh let's go to phoenix um the ambushes in phoenix um one happened in february 11th uh this year and then like i said the other one happened march 13th so let's start with the march 13th one and this happened when two officers um, conducted a traffic stop. And if I rem- if I remember right, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the driver of the vehicle took off and officers lost sight. So they tried to stop this car uh, twice in the same night. The first time the driver took off and, lost, and officers lost sight of the vehicle. Uh, and then a short time later, they saw the, ve- the same vehicle again and attempted to pull it over. Here's the crazy part. While they, you know, I don't, it doesn't clarify if they got in the vehicle pursuit or not or whatever the, the um, 
whatever happened during the traffic stop, but all it says is that a man alongside of the road opened fire on the officers, sending a barrage of bullets at the patrol car. So here you are to have two officers uh, conducting a traffic stop, doing an investigation, then a, a random guy. I'm saying random because it doesn't say uh, nothing about the guy having anything to do with the traffic stop. Uh, but here goes a, a random guy just shooting at cops for whatever reason um, he feel he may have fired upon the officers. And then that guy, so the guy in the vehicle who they were dealing with or chasing fled on foot and he was taken into custody. And um, as of the time of this, this news story, the shooter continues. Uh, the the shooter was still on the, on the loose. So both officers were, were taken to the hospital treated for their injuries. They have nine life threatening injuries. I was looking to see if they had, uh, what kind of injuries they had. Um, but yeah, there goes another incident where, oh yeah, one was shot in the wrist and is in stable condition and the other officer suffered minor injuries from flying glass. So that's a good deal from those officers, for those officers. But here goes another incident where officers doing their job and get ambushed for whatever reason or another. Um, you know, so... Now, when I'm sure when these two officers, you know, dealing with somebody and they see uh, somebody who doesn't have something to do with the incident that they're dealing with, I'm sure that that these people will be dealt with differently now because now you just can't trust nobody just to sit there and watch what you're doing, even though they have the right to do that. But it's like now I got to worry about, man, will this dude or, or, or chick pull out a gun and shoot me in the back of my head while I'm, you know, conducting my traffic stop or, you know, like now I got to split my focus between my violator who I stopped and this person that's watching me, whether, you know, close or from afar. And yeah, you can get back up, you know, to come and, and, um, and watch you, watch you back while you could deal with your violator. But here you had two, um, a two-man unit, I'm assuming, dealing with the subject. And like I said, I'm, I'm as of now, I don't know if um, if they were, like, stopped at this point when this guy started shooting them um, or, or what the circumstances to that um, to that incident was. But this, is a, this story is super fresh, so the details are definitely limited right now. So then let's go to the next Phoenix incident that happened in February uh, 11th, where I think, man, I think it was a total of, uh, nine officers that end up wounded um, from this incident. So I'm going to read y'all the, the the story of what happened, and then I'll play y'all this video. And I'm just warning y'all ahead of time that the video, the audio, for my listeners, you know, you will hear the gunshots, but I just want you to listen to how this man lures this officer in, and then I'll get to uh, another story and kind of talk about uh, how this kind of made me I guess be grateful and be blessed um, that this didn't happen to me when I was working back in Lafayette. So um, this this happened, like I said, February 11th, where uh, officers received a call about a woman being shot, and this was about 2, in, two o'clock in the morning. Um, so a guy called and said that a female has been shot. So what happens is the officer, one officer gets on scene first, um, and as he's approaching the house, and this was caught on his body cam, as he's approaching the house, the suspect is uh at the front door with the front door open, uh, telling him, "Come on, come on." She's choking on her own blood. Um, and then the officer asks, "Who else was in the house?" 
And as he's getting closer to the guy, he said, just me. And also said, you can hear the officer kind of like says, huh? And then a man raised the gun and fired at least six shots hitting the officer. Uh, I think he was severely wounded his right arm and he couldn't return fire. And then he ran and got cover and uh, called it on the radio um, and got and got some backup there. Um, so it was a 29-year-old female who was shot inside the home from a domestic dispute. Um, and the, the shooter suspect was her ex-boyfriend. So that incident was also... Uh, caused a standoff to to take place and the suspect brother came out and this was another learning but the suspect brother came out um with the with the baby with the one month one month old uh baby and you know he was complying you know put the baby down like the officers told him to he complied they detained him uh but while the officers was going to um i don't want to say really rescue the baby but while the officers was going to get the get the baby from where the brother put her put her down at, the suspect began firing uh, on more officers from inside the house. And then later, uh, he ended up committing suicide inside the home. So give me a second. Let me find this audio. Um, and we're going we to tap into this audio because uh, I, I really feel it's important. I just want y'all to listen to how this guy lured in this officer. Um Thinking, you know, thinking he was going there to truly help somebody, and then he ended up getting shot. So take a listen. Who's all in the house? Who's all in the house? It's me. So, as you heard, um, how that guy just lured him in there. You know, that also thought that he was truly, you know, going going there uh, to try to render aid to this lady, save a life. Uh, I don't know the, the details and the circumstances of uh, of the call notes. Uh, besides, besides, you know, the the reason why they were responding there. I don't know who was the caller was uh, or. Or nothing like that. But during that incident, like I said, nine officers were wounded and five of them were shot. Um, and, and this brings me back to me working in Lafayette, man. I, I unfortunately I dealt with with a lot of um, shootings, and you know we were so busy uh, working in Lafayette where, like, like. You get a hot call like that, man. It wasn't waiting for no cover. It wasn't waiting for no backup. It was like, man, you get there, you handle business till till you know everybody else get there, and you kind of expect it to hold your own. Um, and all I could think about is how many times you know I I would have I may have been first on scene um, with crowds of people everywhere, and you know you trying to render aid to this to this victim, and and nobody really knew if the shooter was still on scene, you know, um, because they're, you know, the, the street code, nobody snitch, nobody talks. Um, but I just couldn't imagine me, you know, arriving on scene first, you know, and then you have somebody learn you in saying, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. So now you in like go mode and like, okay, y'all got to hurry up and save this life. You know, I need to hurry up and get in there. And then lo and behold, now I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a victim. I'm getting shot. Um, you know, by this, by this subject. So 
um, that was just another incident that I wanted to I wanted to talk about on ambushes and another reason why uh, I asked the question, how can officers trust the community? Um, so in another incident, two officers end up getting um, getting shot and killed in, if I pronounce this right, Juplin, uh, Joplin, <laughs> Missouri, I said Juplin. Shout out to my boy Buckman, Juplin, AC, and Repass. <laughs> so uh, officers Jake Reed and uh, Corporal Benjamin Cooper, and the backstory to this was, uh, they both were shot and killed after responding to a disturbance called a shopping center at around 1.20 p.m. While the officers were attempting to take the subject subject into custody, the man opened fire on them, critically wounding both of them. So this is not technically an ambush, uh, but then the man then stole one of the officer's service weapons and a patrol car and uh, got into pursuit and continued firing on officers until crashing at the intersection. Uh, then he took cover behind a van and opened fire on the third officer who was still inside of his patrol car, severely wounding him. Uh, then they continued; he continued shooting at other responding officers uh, until he was fatally shot uh, by gunfire. So uh, I think, yeah, Corporal Benjamin Cooper died on that day of March 8th, and then Officer Reed remained on life support until his organs could be donated uh which was on March 11th. So, you know, here you are, here you here you have two officers again, you know, dealing with dealing with the subject, uh, you know, trying to do their job. But then, you know, everybody as officers, you have some officers that that's that's so fixated on how things are going to look on video, um, you know, what the media is going to say if this if this goes bad and we lose sight of our training and make sure we go home to our loved ones, our family, uh, and just make sure we keeping everybody else safe, the community safe, uh, you know, and each other safe to where we we kind of start getting lazy and sloppy, um, you know, with our police work. Not saying that's what happened with these two officers, but, you know, that that's kind of what, what happens when, when we start feeding into the things that we see on the media and don't want to be the next the next topic. Um, you know, to go viral uh, for for doing our job, and it's, it's so it's, it's such a, a tragic incident to to read stories like this constantly, constantly, constantly. Uh, you know, like Officer Reed uh, was a five year officer, um, you know, and and leaves behind leaves behind a wife. You know, it's just that's just tragic, tragic, tragic. So I just wanted to highlight those, and again, it brings me back to to community policing. You know, is is always talking about uh, community police, community policing, but who really needs the community policing? You know, like are we are we offering this community policing in the in the right areas? Um, you know, are are we going into the areas where, of course, everybody loves the police and doing community policing there, or are we doing community policing in the problem neighborhoods? Uh, I remember back when Officer Middlebrook uh, in Lafayette got shot and killed in the line of duty. That after that, so that happened on a Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. But that whole week that led up to his funeral, the city of Lafayette was was like dead. Like it went from like super super busy to like barely calls for service you know like nobody like people when they saw Lafayette PD they knew like okay it's not a time to play them you know and 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 what was crazy was even your hard criminals you know um you know you you 
your thugs, your people in the hood and stuff like that, they would come up to us and, and you know, I had a couple of people come up to me and it was like, man, look, you know, the, you know, it was messed up. You don't, you know, you don't shoot at a cop, man. You don't kill a cop. You know, y'all have families and kids and stuff like, yeah, we'll run from y'all, fight y'all and stuff like that. But that's all to get away. We're not trying to, we're not trying to, you know, hurt y'all. We're not trying to kill y'all. That's something you don't do. And just to hear that coming from, you know, people in the streets, you know, these hood dudes, these drug dealers and stuff like that, people who who truly hate the cops, you know, who's constantly getting arrested and we constantly dealing with them. But to hear that from them, man, that, that, that spoke volume because they know at the end of the day we have a job. Yeah, you have your bad apples in, in law enforcement and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, for the most part, um, they, you know, they understand it's a job, man. Uh, I remember hearing, hearing the Kevin Gates, uh, little voiceover deal that, that kind of, he says, he was talking about law enforcement and how he doesn't hate the police because it's, it's our job to catch him and it's his job to get away with it. You know, it's kind of like a game of hide and go seek, you know? Um, and, and that's sometimes, Sometimes, man, you gotta you gotta get got uh, like they say. So, uh, let me see. I think that's I think that's all I want to touch base on, man. It's just a little short episode because, like I said, I, I never really, I never, I took all last month off. So I just wanted to kind of come on here and talk about something that was that was kind of being heavy on my heart uh, for for a couple of days now, a couple of days now. So, but before I leave, I want to give a, a, a hero alert, and I'm sure. This is you'll see this all over social media, but to Florida Highway Patrol Master Trooper Tony Shuck. And on March 6th, she was working a she was working a race. I don't know if she was working a race, but anyway, she stopped the drunk driver who was um, who was headed towards a 10K race. Um, and I think they had a road closure sign in place and stuff like that. But she was drunk and she was headed directly towards the race. And this trooper was the last line of defense and literally took a, um, a pretty much direct head on head on collision uh, in order to, to stop this to stop this drunk driver and save numerous of lives at, at this 10K race. So just wanted to give a shout out to uh, to trooper master trooper Tony Shuck with the Florida Highway Patrol from the Speak On It podcast. Uh, keep doing outstanding work out there and saving lives. Um you know, and that's that's you know that's that's the type of stuff we sign up for, willing to lay our life down um, to save you know to save the life of others. And she was she that's exactly what she done. She laid her life down at that moment to save others, and that's that's right there. It, that's that's heroism right there. That's a hero. You know, uh, people try to spotlight uh, all these all these people who got shot and killed by by law enforcement unarmed and stuff and they try to spotlight them as heroes man that's not heroism uh they wasn't going out to be a hero but uh this trooper set herself out to go out and be a hero so but that's all folks here on the speak on the podcast uh again thank y'all for tuning in before i get out i want to leave y'all with uh, a word of encouragement and today's word is Stop being so mad and enjoy life and appreciate what you have and love on who loves you. Tomorrow is not promised. I'm going to say that one more time. Stop being so mad and enjoy life and appreciate what you have and love on who loves you. Tomorrow is not promised. That is all, folks. Y'all have a great day.